One of the deep realities of Christian worship is that this is a conversation between us and God. It's not just that we come and we yell and wave and try to get God, a a distant God, to somehow pay attention to us. And it's not just that God thunders down from heaven, you must do this, but, but we gather. The Lord invites us to his house, he speaks to us, we speak to him, he speaks to us. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer and speak to Him as we prepare to hear Him speak to us through His Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for having worked in each of us to bring us into Your presence here together today. Lord, we ask now that You speak to each one of us. Shape the words that I speak and the words that all of us hear so that they speak to our hearts. Help us through these, through these brief few minutes that we spend together on this Sunday morning to be encouraged, to be empowered, to be equipped, to be drawn closer to you. Lord, without you, we have no hope in this life. And we pray that today you give us hope, that you give us grace, that you give us peace that you help us to grow in you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. So this morning we are wrapping up with the book of Ephesians. And we've been in Ephesians as a church for quite a while now. Over the summer, Pastor Mac and I preached all the way through the book of Ephesians. We started out with a series on Ephesians chapters 1 to 3, focused on the gift of God's grace given to us. And then we focused on Ephesians 4 to 6, where it talks about the practice of peace, how God's grace enables us to live in peace, and not just the absence of conflict, but a really vibrant peace, a flourishing, a wholeness. And then this last, well, a little bit more than a month, it was just going to be a month, but COVID got in the way. But this last little bit more than a month, we've been looking at what Ephesians 4 has to tell us about being one healthy church. So we've reflected on the unity of the church, on on the health of the church, on, on what it means for us to function as the church together. And we're wrapping up today thinking about the process, the the growth of the church. I'm going to be reading Ephesians 4, 1 to 16 today. I wanted us to have this whole text in front of us, but the sermon is really only going to focus on verses 14 to 16 as we wrap up this series. And then as a little bit of a look ahead, next week I'm beginning a series on the Old Testament prophetic book of Haggai. So I'd encourage you this week, it's just a couple chapters, pick up that book, it's back in the Old Testament, we'll just spend a few weeks on it, but, but this week, take it up, read through it, reflect on it, and we'll jump into that next week. But now, hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord then... I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. 
And what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then the verses we'll focus on today. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to start by going backwards a little bit in order to go forwards, and I want to just, just for a second here, review last week's sermon, and, and the overarching point of that sermon was that Christ gives shepherds to equip God's people for ministry to build up His body. Christ gives leaders to help the whole church serve, and then as the whole church works and serves together, we grow into maturity in Christ. We need to have that picture in mind as we step into our text for this week. And our first point for this week is, is that the result of all of that that we talked about last week is that we will no longer be infants. That's verse 14 and where we'll, where we'll really begin today. There is a pointed contrast in this first point in verse 14 between the mature person of verse 13 that will all grow up into this measure of Christ and then verse 14 gives us this picture, not of a mature, well-functioning adult, but of an immature, unstable, distracted infant. And infants and babies are, are wonderful. They are one of God's great gifts to us as a species, I think. But, but infants and toddlers are not exactly easy to manage, right? They are not the most stable or predictable of creatures. You know, you always have to be keeping your eye on them and what they're up to. In our, in our house in Africa, we had a really poorly done concrete floor, and so there were parts that you could pick at, and pieces would just come up. And every now and then, we'd find one of our kids, when they were quite young, an infant or a toddler, sitting there picking at the concrete floor and then eating the concrete. No, 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 don't do that. And there's another family story in the Lancer household of a, of a young lad who got hold of a tweezers and was crawling around playing with some things, and then he presumably it was about eye level, saw an outlet. Two points to a tweezers, two places in an outlet, so he stuck the tweezers in the outlet, and then there was an almighty yell and a bit of a zap, and somehow that never happened again. Stunning. Shocking, actually, would be the right word there, right? But that's how... That's how little kids are, right? On from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Some of them quite delightful and sometimes things that just leave you shaking your head and wondering what made you think that that was a good idea. And that's the kind of challenge that Ephesians is highlighting here. But notice it's, it's a gracious 
highlighting of that. Paul, who wrote Ephesians, is not shaking his finger at the church and saying, all of you need to grow up and stop being babies. He, he could do that. But he phrases it as us when we, then we will no longer be infants. In our family with my parents, we have this joke sometimes that when we grow up, we might like to be like somebody who we admire. And Laura and I are in our 30s, my parents are in our 60s, but we still have this joke. You know, when we grow up, maybe we'll finally be like this person or that person. And that's the tone that I think Ephesians has here. You know, maybe, maybe when we all grow up, whether we're 10 or 30 or 50 or 70 or 90, maybe when we finally grow up, hey, maybe we'll be like Jesus someday. Now remember, as we've talked about over the last few months, that the first century city of Ephesus was a tremendously distracting place. There were all kinds of gods that you could serve. There were lots of options to have fun. There were lots of ways to get into trouble. And so Ephesians is saying, don't be going all over the place after this and that and the other thing. It might look like fun right now, but... But in the long run, it's not what you really want. And remember, 21st century America is a tremendously distracting place. There are all kinds of other gods and causes that we can run after. There's all kinds of ways to have fun. There's, there's all kinds of trouble that we can get into. But Ephesians tells us, don't be running off after this and that and all those other things. They may look good now, but in the long run, they aren't what you want and they aren't what's good for you. So I want to offer a challenge to all of us this morning. And, and please, don't, please don't do what we all usually do, and that's pass off, pass off challenges to the person next to us. Oh, the pastor's not speaking to me. He's, he's talking to, to my spouse or to the person to row over, to the person out there. But, but here this is a question well, for all of us, for me up here and for every single one of you. You know, this has been a really challenging and conflicted 18 months since the pandemic started. We have been pressured, and we are still pressured in many, many, many ways. And when we get pressured, we tend to become more difficult, more, more stressed, less discerning, less gracious, less wise. And as time goes on and on and we continue living at this stress level, our, our resistance to some things becomes less and less. And so we become more and more vulnerable, for example, to every wind of teaching and to the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. And so I want to ask you, even in the midst of this really hard time, to, to reflect with me on a couple dangers. And all of us probably tend toward one or the other, and we probably think the one that we don't tend to is the worst. But one danger is that we clamp down, that we hold on to what we've always thought and we double down and whether we decided we believe it five minutes or 50 years ago, that is it. And then we follow the current that we're in and we just go and go and go with it. And that's maybe not a bad thing if we're in a good current, but, but my concern is that our currents are not always brought back again and again and again to the Word of God in the Scripture. That we clamp down on our opinions and we just go along with, with whatever current we find easiest. 
And again, if we're in a good current, that might not be all a bad thing, but to some extent, if we just clamp down on what we've always thought, well, then we've decided really that we're not going to grow anymore. We've decided that we've got it all right, and this is what we're going to hold on to no matter what. And what Ephesians calls us to is, is not to stay as infants, but to be always growing into the full measure of Christ. So that's one challenge. I think the equal and opposite challenge is, is that some of us, especially when we get stressed, we're always dancing on to the next thing. We hear something today and it sounds great, so we go that direction. We hear something else tomorrow and that sounds even better, so we go that direction. And the next week we hear something else and we think, well, let's go that direction. That sounds good. And so we go here and we go there and we go this other place and, and whatever is new and shiny we run after. Woo-hoo, that's nice. I'll give that a try. And so we don't, we don't grow because we are always running after this thing and that thing. And, and you know, a lot of the new things we hear might, might be good. But again, if we're just following all the currents around us that we happen to run into, then we are not really growing deeper into God's Word and growing up into the measure of Christ. The Lord wants us to be both grounded and growing. So I ask you to consider your own tendencies. Let's, let's consider our tendencies. Are, are we people who tend to grab hold of something and just stay in this current no matter what? Or are we people who are dancing away after this thing and that thing and the other thing? Are we infants being blown and scattered here and there by this or that wind and this or that current. Verse, warning, verse 14 is, is a warning for us not to just float through life. And then verse 15 gives us the positive side of that, and it, it invites us not to just drift through life, but instead to grow, to truly grow up by speaking the truth in love. To grow by speaking the truth in love. Verse 15 points us back to verse 13 and that image of growing into the full measure of Christ. And it tells us to do that by speaking the truth in love. And there's there's a subtle contrast there that I had never picked up before until I really dug into these verses this week. But but verse 14 talks about all of us being infants, blown here and, and there and all over the place by different winds and currents. And then verse 15 talks about us growing up into a mature person. Verse 14 is plural, that we're all all over the place. Verse 15 is singular, that we are all so close that it's almost like we're one person in Christ. As we grow in maturity, we, we draw closer and closer to Christ and so are drawn closer and closer to each other. And the specific practice that Ephesians gives us to grow closer to each other is to speak the truth in love. And I'm going to guess that most of us are more comfortable either with the truth or the love part of that. There's a set of parenting books out there called Love and Logic. And they're really, they're quite good. I would recommend them. They've, uh, well, my parents used them on me and I think I turned out okay. We've tried to use them on our kids. And, and the basic idea is that you are both loving and logical. 
that you are gracious, but also clear. But there are, I think, I think within all of us, a tendency either to be very loving or very logical. So the Jones family might, if a child forgets their lunch, put together a seven-course lunch, bring it all in this huge box for the whole class, because after all, wouldn't it be terrible if your child went hungry? And the logical parent might say, ah, you forgot your lunch. Well, I bet you won't tomorrow, and leave it at that. The loving parent might say, well, I'm glad that you found out that your bike can't handle 15-foot jumps. Let's buy you a new bike. The logic parent might say, yeah, it's really too bad you ran out of gas 30 miles from home. I wonder how you'll get home. Some people are all logic. Some people are all love. Some people are all truth. Some people are all love. And you might recognize in your own families, looking up toward your parents, maybe down toward your children, tendencies in one direction or the other, but we need both of them. And yet it's so hard to find that balance. And each of us has different tendencies, I think, individually. And I think there's also something generational here, too, that that different generations, whether you think up and up to grandparents or down and down to grandchildren or, or whatever, as you look at different generations within your family, within your church, there are there are certain tendencies that we often share with people our own age. So I, I offer these as observations, not necessarily as, as hard truth, but, but I think those of us who are maybe richer in years maybe have a tendency to want to be very, very truthful and very, very clear on the issues. But we maybe struggle to share what's on our heart and to really put out there how we're feeling. And I think those of us who are wealthy in youth, shall we say, are very willing to share our hearts and to put anything and everything out there, but, but we struggle sometimes to land the plane and to say, no, I really think this is how it is. Now, whether that fits you or not, you can take the example or leave it, but I think the reality is that all of us either really want to speak the truth or we want to major in love. Both good things we need in the church to hold them together. And I think this is a really significant challenge, in part because we as a church have really struggled to do both of those things. We've tended way too much to do one or the other, but we've really struggled to find a way to to sit together and really speak the truth and not dodge and not cover over and not, not pretend that there aren't issues. But we've struggled to speak the truth And we've struggled to do it in a way that is truly as loving as it could be. And I think this is especially significant as we look toward the next few months with the healthy church discernment process that we be able to be really honest with each other and not angry and not toxic and not selfish and not, well, it better be my way, but to be honest and to say, these are the challenges I see. This is is what, what I'm concerned about. This is what I think we really need to hold on to. And also to be able to do that in love, to say that even if we disagree, we can work through it and, and we can give and we can take and we can be truly together. This is a struggle for all people. I think it's especially a struggle for our church sometimes. 
we have some hard work to do here, and we have not always been willing to do our work. So let's do it together. If you don't exercise for a while, and I realize I say the E word and people go, no, not that. If we don't exercise, we get flabby. I can tell it myself after having COVID and not being real active for a few weeks that I am just kind of slow and not where I want to be. I had an email exchange the last couple of weeks with someone, and we were trying to work out some details, nothing big, no conflict, but we, we couldn't quite get it set. And, and then finally, he just went off and took a long walk, had some good exercise, and then sent an email and said, I think this is what we should do. And it broke right through all the challenges we were facing, and this is what we need to do. Sometimes to really get where we need to be and get a sense of what we need to do, we need a, we need a long walk. We need a spiritual workout. We need to do things that, are, that give us some resistance that we have to push through. And so let's, as a church, exercise ourselves spiritually. Let us work whatever our own tendencies are to be together in truth and love, to bring both love and logic to bear. And now, a little bit of an aside here that, that fits, but it is a little bit of an aside before we get to our last point for today. I found out, let me back up a little bit, I regularly try to get sermon feedback from some different people, check in, how is this going, what are you hearing, what are you not hearing, and I found that, that I push you a lot more than I realize I do. That, that there are often times that I stand up here and say things that leave some people going, really? You think we can do that? really? I try not to push you any more than the text pushes me during the week, but I, but I hear from more and more people, you know, you're in a good way, but you're, you're pushing us here. You're, you're asking us to ask hard questions. You're asking us to do hard things. And, well, yes, I guess I am. If I'm pushing too hard, let me know. But the point of the, point of the call to grow the point of the call to Christ is not that we manufacture this out of our own efforts, that, we, that even though we know we can't do it, we get out and we try to run a marathon. The point is not, it's not really that we grow by what we do. But the point, and this is our third and final point for today, the point is that we get our power from Christ. And verse 16 it points us in this direction that as we work in Christ, as we work in Christ, as each one of us does our part to build up the body of, of which we all are a single part, as we work in Christ, we grow together. If Jesus is not at the center, if Jesus is not the one who is our vision, who we keep our eyes on, if, if the Holy Spirit is not the one who is empowering us and leading us forward, then everything that we do here is pointless. If our goal is anything except growing up in Jesus Christ, then we are missing the mark. And if our power is anything except the power of God given to us through Christ and through the Spirit, then we will ultimately fail. Before anything else, we need to look to Christ. One of the commentaries that I've been reading as I've been working through the book of Ephesians is by Brian Chappelle, and he's a 
He's one of the big names out there in terms of preaching practice and preaching theory and how to teach preaching. He was a pastor for quite a while, seminary professor. And he has in his, uh, he has in his commentary a list of leadership sins, terrible leadership errors that Christian leaders can make, and all of them based on Ephesians 4. And, and one of them is believing or acting as if we can do Christ's work without Christ. It is a terrible thing for us as a church to believe or to act as if we can do Christ's work without Christ. And Brian Chappelle, he shares the story of, of a time that, that this especially came home to him, that he asked if he could go out to, I don't know if it was breakfast or lunch, with a, with a big shot, with a senior pastor of a huge church who was really well-respected in the denomination and, and one who you went to if you needed good, solid advice. And, and so they sat down, they had some coffee, they started talking, and, and Brian shared this, this issue that he was facing and this other pastor was about to speak to it, and then he stopped. Right in the middle of the restaurant, he stopped, and he said, before I give you a single word of advice, before we talk about this, we need to pray. So let's pray. And in the middle of the restaurant, they paused, and as, as Chappelle says, I'm going to quote here, right there in a restaurant, in a way that broke into our routine and turned attention away from himself, this pastor with great gifts prayed for God's help before answering my question. It is Jesus who has all the answers. It is Jesus who we always need to be looking to. And it is Jesus who equips us to do great things together for Him. So as we wrap up this morning, I want us to, to think back over the book of Ephesians and think about where and how the Lord leads us. And we start with Ephesians 1 through 3, and we start where our Christian lives start with the gift of of grace. Before we talk about what we do, or even really almost before we talk about what we've done, Ephesians talks to us about the grace that the Lord gives us. And we could spend, we could spend all day today, if we belong to Jesus, we will spend all of eternity marveling in all the ways that God is gracious to us. God gives us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, so many that often we aren't even aware of how much He is giving us. And that is the wellspring that we need to live out of as God's people, as His church, as His children, that we begin not with our work, but with God's grace given to us. And then Ephesians moves forward after it's built this wonderful foundation in God's grace, and, and it moves forward to talk about how we practice God's peace. And again, God's peace is not an absence of conflict. It is not love without truth. And God's peace is not a, a harsh declaration that this is how it is and so you'd better line up. It is not truth without love. But it is a vibrant and powerful state of being where everything is right. God's grace lays the foundation for us to practice His peace. And that peace leads us, and we never, we never, ever, ever, ever in this life get there perfectly. We always need more grace. We always are, are trying to work it out for ourselves. We always need to keep coming back to the gift of God's grace. 
And we are never perfectly peaceful people. We are always conflicted. We are always internally in turmoil. We always have difficulty with others. But, but we keep working through God's gifts of grace and peace, and that leads us to growth in Christ. That leads us to a place where we can, where we can begin to see more and more that that you belong to me and I belong to you and all of us are one family together. And in fact, we're not just one family, we're one body with Christ as our head. And in fact, because Christ is our head, we are growing up into a way of life that is beyond what any of us could ever accomplish on our own and, and beyond what, this hope, what, what, world, what hope this world could ever offer. Beyond all of that is, is what Jesus Christ is working out in us as we work together to build up His body. That is where we've been with Ephesians and where we want to keep being. I see a lot these days, and I think that uh, you probably do too. I see a lot these days of, of people who have a history with Christianity just sort of drifting along in today's currents. Regardless of which direction the current goes, I see a lot of people drifting. Maybe not feeling like they need Jesus that much. Maybe feeling like something else is more important. Or, or maybe just being distracted. Or maybe just being overwhelmed. And, and just kind of, well, just kind of drifting along and staying or, or reverting to the infancy stage of spirituality. That is a live option for us today. That is a choice each and every single one of us, well, maybe has been making, certainly could be making, and that is a, an empty and hopeless life. But Ephesians offers us something more. It offers us the opportunity not to just be carried along by the latest thing, but to be firmly grounded in Christ and to grow and to grow and to grow. And so I want to I push you. I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to grow in Christ, to, to seize these gifts that the Lord has given us, and to truly come together and live in grace and peace, and to grow up into Christ who is our head. And let's now go to the Lord and ask Him to help us grow together. Let's pray. Father, we hear your word, and all of us respond to it differently. Perhaps some of us are cynical, or as we might call it, realistic, and yeah, that sounds great, but we all know we can't do that. Perhaps some of us are more or less oblivious. Well, the pastor was talking for a while, I'm glad he's almost done. Perhaps some of us are discouraged. I've been trying and trying and trying, and it's not working. Perhaps some of us are encouraged that, yes, this is, wow, we can be in Christ and we can follow Him and we can grow in Him. What a gift. Lord, we are so grateful that You meet each of us where we are and that You meet us both with truth and with love. We are grateful even when it's hard for the times that You diagnose our sin and and let us know what is wrong with us. 
And Father, we are grateful for, for the times that you overwhelm us with your love, for the times that you assure us that we do belong to you, and for the guidance we get, you give us that we can live that we can live lives that are full of grace and peace. Lord, wherever we are in our spiritual journey, whether we feel like we're just an infant or, or an adolescent or an adult, or even if we feel like we are, we are truly mature, Lord, help us to turn our eyes toward you. Be our vision and help us all to draw closer to you. Amen.